Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 42. I am Matt O'Leary, bringing the energy, and I am joined by a giddy Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how you doing? Natsugaya, babarishi baba. Oh, yes, he's gone. He's, I don't even care what edition it is. I looked it up. I don't even care right now. He is gone. I'm yelling and my three-year-old is going to be awake. Yes, I don't care. Oh. <laughs> oh my giddy aunt. This is amazing. Sorry. I had little, to get that out of me. What, little backstory, and then I'll ask you what edition it is. Okay. So yesterday when the news broke, when Arthur Staple tweeted it, I was walking up the hallway. I worked at a school. Sorry. To be fair, the Islanders released it first, like straight up at two. And Oh, really? And uh, Staple sent something out like a minute later. Okay. Well, I have the notifications for Staple. Much like you, that's how I found out was through Staple. I don't even look at Islanders notifications. Right. So I was walking up the hallway to find one of my coworkers, and I got that notification and I turned around and sprinted back to the radio station to tell <laughs> Mike the kid who I do my other show with and I I just I closed the door of the studios first and he just saw my face He's like what what happened I said j- 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 just read the top notification just read and we we were just stunned just jaw dropped we didn't know what to say oh what a day where were you when Garcinel was fired oh I was sitting at my desk just doing my work, and then my phone went boop, and there was the Arthur Staple notification. I yelled out, oh, S-H-I-T, and everyone around me is like, oh, my God, you can't say that in a government office. You don't understand. You don't understand. I told them they didn't understand because they don't care about the New York Islanders. Some of them, 40-year-old Quebec, you know, middle-aged women don't know anything about hockey necessarily, so, like, they don't care. But I cared. Enough to say an explicative at work, or an explicative for my work, anyways. That, I yeah. So Mitch cursed. I turned around and then <laughs> sprinted down the hallway back to my station. Um, what edition, Mitch? Forty-two. Scott Mayfield. Done. Don, let's move. Let's keep going. Wrong. It's the Garth Snow's Gone edition, Mitch. <laughs> Who cares whose number it is? It's Garth's Gone, baby. <laughs> Woo! You're let's right. go. You're right. Oh. God, he's gone. Oh, my God, he's gone. I can't. So that's what we're going to start with, and that's going to take up a lot of just had, the, the entire show. We had other stuff lined up, and it was just kind of whatever we saw going on during the week. But this, like every other podcast, we have to dedicate some time to this. Some of the sentiments, I'm sure, are going to mimic what has already been said by other people. 
Um, but, but I think what's important is just, just to spew it out. How do we feel? How do we energize? How does this make us like, I already like, so I, I went right into Lion King. People are going to say, why the heck did you do that? Because in the Lion King lyrics, they're talking about the rise of a king, the rise of a lion, which is a loo. And in it, they even say we're, we're going to conquer, which is a direct translation from the Zulu lyrics. We're going to conquer. Yes. That's how we feel. A loo. Who's a loo? Loo's the lion. Simba? Simba is the lion. Sure, it doesn't matter. Well, actually, sure, whatever. Yes. Theoretically, we're both right, because in Swahili, Simba means lion. Which is a language of South Africa. P.S. Oh, look at me. I'm Mitch. I read. <laughs> I took one African study course in university, and I think I'm an expert. Yeah. Uh I can but, point to Togo on the map. I'm super cool. This is not helping our blogger <laughs> reputation, Mitch. Um, uh, where to even begin? I guess we started with our initial reaction to what had actually happened, but what does I think we should start by what this actually means for the New York Islanders <clears throat> organization? Because I said it almost facetiously today, but. I, it might not be that wrong. This yesterday might have been the biggest day the Islanders have had in the last twenty-five years. Even more so than drafting John Tavares first overall in '09. Uh, okay, yeah. that's a good counterpoint. But the, I don't know. It just feels like such a culture change. I know that's what Arthur Staple wrote, and I know that's what Lamarillo said. He is what he wanted a culture change, but. Tell me if I'm wrong. I just feel so much more confident that Lamarillo is completely running their show and Garth Snow and Doug Wade aren't there. Like, I don't know. I just have a completely different mindset about everything, really. Listen, I don't think you're necessarily wrong. And if, if we're going the biggest day in Isla's history since John Tavares or, or even in the last 25 years, I think when we counter, when we balance either side of John Tavares and, and Garth being fired, we, we we can say pros and cons, but I I still feel that Garth leaving is different or, or is more important because he can bring so many other things. Like keep John Tavares, like keep him on the team. Yeah, exactly. And him talking to Brisson every day is a good sign, right? Well, it was it was already a sign. So before I I have to ask you before any of this happened, um, what was your what was your percentage or your your confidence level that this might actually take place? That Lou might fire Garth Snow, like a fifty percent chance, a twenty percent chance. Um, I didn't think it was going to happen this quickly. I would say, I wouldn't say this. It's it's quick, but is it that quick? Like it took him two weeks to figure it out. Although when you think of it, it took the owners how long, and it took Lou two weeks. Like, mm. um. I would have said maybe a 40% chance. So I, I was up there. I was in a 60% chance the second he was hired, that Lou Lamarillo was hired, that Garcia would be gone. I thought, you okay. know, give him a day, give him the victory lap day to say, like, I am here, this is what I'm going to do. And the next day, bam, zoom, pink slips are being given out left, right, and center. He's like, um, the, what is it, the mom in the Staples commercial just, like, throwing paper in the store? It's the most wonderful time of the... I'm in a very sing-songy mood, by the way. Um, and he's just like throwing pink slips around to the coaching staff, to Doug, to Garth. I thought that's what was going to happen. But every day that kept going, I was losing confidence going, how does he not see this? This has to, he's got, he's got to do something. And I was convincing myself that it wasn't going to happen. And I think I even wrote it that I'm not convinced. I'm not, um, I'm not confident that Garth will go because nothing's telling me that he will. And then bam, he's out the door. Oh, it feels good to be wrong. It feels so good to be wrong. I feel like it was so random, too, because at 2 o'clock on a Tuesday. Oh, he did that on purpose. You know he did that on purpose. Why? The randomness, you mean? Well, no one knew about it. There was no rumblings, because if Staple knew about it, he was going to tweet it. Or or Luke told him, like, just hold off. Let us do this. Let us do this, and I'll give you a scoop later on or something like that. Uh, maybe same thing to Andy Andy Gross because no one had it right. Like again, Staple reacted to the tweet a minute later or reacted to the news a minute later. So maybe he knew it was going to happen at, at two and just kind of sat off for a minute. 
But either way, the Islanders were first to declare it. And he did it on a Tuesday because no one's paying attention at two on a Tuesday. I even thought about it. I was like, two on a Tuesday. I can't get to a computer right now because I'm working and I still have to commute to get home before I could do anything to this. Yeah, I texted you. I ended up being the one to put it up on, on the site that it happened. But when I texted you, I was like, uh, like I gotta finish. I'm in. I gotta finish this meeting right now, and then and then I could do something. But it took an extra like half hour from when I found out the exactly where I could get to a computer to write it. You either do it then. I don't know if, uh, what the best day media wise is, but I know that Friday afternoons around four is the best time to release bad news because no one's paying attention, or or fewer people are paying attention because they're they're gone for the weekend. They're in the commute. They're in the shutdown mode. They're not paying attention. That's the best time to do it. And That's, I think he didn't want to hold on to it for another three or four days. That would be such a prick move because then everyone have to get back in their car and <laughs> redrive back to work and then go work on the stories. Yeah, there long. goes their weekends in the, what is your vacation spot over there? Hamptons? Yeah, in the Hamptons. Not everyone, ha- I guess that's the Richie area. Yeah, I don't, it's Long Island. The beach. Yeah. Jones beach, let's say. <laughs> it's sure. always, there's a beach everywhere. Yeah, literally. Just drive You'll eventually hit a beach, whichever direction you go in. There you go. Pretty much. Um, what was I going to say? I had somewhere where I wanted to go with this. So I he, oh yeah, go ahead. I remember what I was going to say. Again, a little facetious, but I don't know any better. And you might be able to answer it because I don't know which other teams you really root for besides the Islanders. But as you know, I am the self-loathing Jets Islanders and Mets fan. So. Does winning a championship have the same feeling like what we felt yesterday? Because if so, I I can't wait. I really want that to happen. I've never celebrated a championship, so I I don't really follow baseball very much. So I don't have a team there. I don't follow football because I don't don't necessarily care about football. Uh, I follow hockey and I follow soccer, like European soccer. So I follow Liverpool and they haven't won a championship in my lifetime, or at least since I've been following them. I shouldn't say lifetime. Since I've been following them, it hasn't been that long. I got into it when I went overseas and I was cool and I did a whole Euro trip thing and I got into it. Um, but they were just in the, the Champions League final, which is the, the, the highest level of club competition you get. So it's essentially standing cup finals and they lost game seven in, well, in like the most embarrassing fashion ever. Two own, essentially two own goals. It was ridiculous. That okay. See, that's not fun. That's not what yesterday felt. Like. So it got it got close to that. I kind of felt it, but I didn't feel that pure jubilation. So I don't know any better. This is as good as it gets for me right no, now. That was probably the closest that we felt then. Probably right. Unless you were watching the team in 1993, but like you said, you were how old? Like one? negative two. Negative two. I was nine years old. So. I was watching. I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention. So you weren't that into it at that age. Not really. Still, like for us, it was it was still like the Canadians won it that year. So that's all I heard about was the Canadians in 1993. Gotcha. And it's not like today, too, where you probably had the access to watch all the games and stuff, right? It was a lot harder to watch. Like Dad still wanted to watch them, but like the, the Senators, I think were around. I think 92 is when they came in the league. So he, he switched allegiance the second the Sens came to town. So we were watching all kinds of Senators games. Okay. Um, so, yeah, well, it was hard to watch, obviously, games then. But no, but though, I think the point being, and if you're mm-hmm. listening and you're a Jets Islanders and Mets fan, you obviously know what I'm going through. But Mitch, as being an Islanders fan and a Liverpool fan, like we haven't experienced a whole lot of winning, per se. No. So yesterday, although... It's a minor step in being like a culture change. To me, that is more important than getting out of the first round. And that was a great moment. I rem- I will always remember oh, yeah. what John Tavares' double oh. overtime goal and my celebration of that. But at, it, Was that a double look- overtime goal? Yep, double overtime. Okay. I forgot about the double overtime part. So looking like at the time, obviously you're going to have a huge reaction and because you're in the midst of a playoff run. But looking back on it now, they then lost the next series in five games and didn't really do anything <laughs> since. No. So it's it's celebrating mediocrity realistically. So, But this seems like a potential stepping stone to a bright future. So I think this could be celebrated and looked on as a more positive moment than really anything during the Garth Snow era if so, you don't want to go back to... 25 years ago. So that that's like, I don't want to attribute too much to 
I want to right now to attribute everything to this moment. But this is like the Toronto Maple Leafs when they did their rebuild, right? Like the easy part was getting rid of all the players, was making all the room. The hard part starts now. So let's celebrate the fact that the easy part is over. Firing, what what should have been the easy part? It wasn't because for some reason we had owners who just didn't want to get rid of Gar Snow because they thought he was like the the second coming of Jesus Christ. I, I don't understand why the guy was just unfireable. If not, he was he was too promotable. I don't understand how. I don't understand why. I don't know what he did or what who his agent is, because that that person is is a magician to keep this guy in a job for twelve years. But th- this is this is step one. And it's a fantastic step. It's a great step. There's hopefully only good things can happen from here. Um, I I want to see move number two. I want to see who he brings in as a coach, because that that's going to be telling. Are they going to go back to the Islanders mold where they bring in? AHL, AHL, um, unproven talent. And, and I, I don't consider Sheldon Keefe unproven talent because what he's done with the Marlies is, is amazing. I'm talking about like if he brings up, uh, is it, is it Campbell? Is it Bruce Campbell who's the AHL coach right now for the uh, Sound Tigers? I, I, no, I don't think it's Bruce Campbell. Oh I'm thinking my God. Of, um, oh, you put me on the spot. Uh, why can't I think of this? Brent Thompson? Brent Thompson. Why am I thinking of Bruce Campbell? I, maybe it's I, I just watched one of his movies recently. Um, but yeah, Brent Thompson. You're right. It's him. If they if they bring him up, then 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 the culture change did not did, did not happen. No. But would you put Brent Thompson as a top of your no. list for candidates? No. Probably well, not. But right? see that that's I'm not just not putting him in my list because. I, or sorry, I'm only putting not putting him in my list because I don't think he should be considered. First off, he hasn't really done a good job in Bridgeport. So no. just on, on that requirement alone, he doesn't qualify. Right. And I think that Lou Lamarillo is going to go more for his guys as opposed to, you know, like the former regime's guys. Brent Thompson's a Garth Snow guy, if you yeah, really think about absolutely. it. Absolutely. That's why I think. Uh, Scott Stevens could potentially be a candidate, maybe. Sure. I, I like him in an assistant coach role. I, I don't like the idea of throwing... May, maybe maybe it's just me, and and, and, and he maybe he can do a good job. I, I just don't like the idea of bringing in a guy who has no NHL experience already. He's got, he's got NHL assistant coaching experience, which I guess is better than none, but it's still just kind of... I, I want a guy who's commanded a bench and done a good job before. Perry Trotz? If we can get him, I don't know. Anything's possible, Mitch. I know, and and, and that's gone. that's the beauty of the moment is that anything is truly possible. Because the one thing we've been holding our hats on and and praying and and, and demanding and, and put some of us has put money towards billboards. I'm not going to say I have. I I didn't because I'm a cheap wad. I'll say that right now. I'm super cheap. I didn't I didn't want to give three dollars for a waffle breakfast today at work because I'm that cheap. <laughs> I'm I'm ridiculously cheap. Okay. Um, but we put up billboards. We they put up fans put up billboards to decry how much they want. They they put their money where their mouth was to say we don't want this guy and we don't want this guy so bad. We're gonna put up two billboards. We're gonna fund these billboards to say how much we hate this guy, and, and love him or hate him, they worked. They, oh, they worked. absolutely did. Props to 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 everyone who who put the money in because it worked. And maybe it wasn't the deciding factor, but it was definitely a factor. And that's all, that was the entire point of this. I don't even think that was the point. It was just getting the voice out, getting the sentiment out. And that worked no matter if Garth Snow stayed or went. And you know what? He left. So this is icing on the cake. Yeah. And that's, I think we said that at the time too. That's right. We don't know if it'll necessarily make a difference, but I don't think it could hurt anything. And the amount of media attention that it got, not only from here, but like nationally nationally too. That that meant something. The owners reached out to the people and wanted to talk to them, too, about it. So, I mean, they, they, people are paying attention. They're not living on the rocks here, Ledecky and Malkin. So yeah. I don't know if it was necessarily the deciding factor for if that's why he was gone because of the billboards. I, I don't necessarily think that's the case. But Well, Andy Gross did, did mention that in, in, his, in his article for Newsday saying that this was a factor that the owners heard fans and they heard the, the, the cries. They heard it. And that was a factor in the decision. Or sorry, the owners. Lou and the owners heard this. That was a factor. And you think it would make sense, too. One, because the hockey team has been struggling, especially the last couple of years, too. But think about it for a business perspective for just Mm -hmm. a second. Do you immediately, 
season ticket representatives started calling people. And I'm sure season ticket sales went through the roof after they made the decision to get rid of Garth Snow. That's right. So that's going to help out business as well. Well, uh, well <laughs> sorry, <laughs> still getting over this cold. Um, there's also the fact that now that the Islanders are cutting ties with the Barclays, they are start. They're going to take over that side of the business. They didn't have to deal with that. That's all Barclays representatives for now. But right. as that deal goes away, they will have to take that over. So selling the business is very much part of the Islanders' um, business mandate. It wasn't for the last couple of years, but it is now. And so that's why it plays more of a factor. Right. And th- it now seems like the perfect time to start worrying about it, especially because they're going to be playing some games at the Coliseum this mm-hmm. year and the next couple of years. And then next thing you know, you'll be in your own building. And hopefully by then you'll have a team that's – trying to compete every single year for the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Um, I, I think everything, this whole Doug gone, um, the whole coaching staff gone, and Garth Snow gone, it really just, it, it reinforces what you said earlier, the whole Kevin Garnett situation where anything is possible. And and that's why we're so happy. Because before it was doom and gloom, nothing was possible. Now everything is possible. And it's Dude, yes. such a 360. Yesterday, bloggers, uh, I'm a blogger. You're a blogger too. Mm-hmm. Hated on the internet for the most part. The internet commenters and the bloggers got along for a day. That's how you know <laughs> things are okay on Isles Twitter and in Isles Land. I, it was like going around giving high fives to internet high fives to everybody. Yeah. Apparently, there's going to be a celebration at the Offside Tavern on Friday. Oh, I wish I could be there. Oh my God, I wish. I might have to hop on a train and get into New York City because that seems like that'd be a good time. You should, man. I, I, I it's an eight-hour drive for me. Uh, <laughs> I can't justify sixteen hours for it. I can't. I can't do it. I wish I could, but oh man, I can't wait. Uh, that that's gonna be. So, oh, I can't wait. I'm not gonna be there. What am I talking about? But that that also reminded me because you said you would come down if it happened, but it's not gonna happen. I remember the bet we made oh, yes. for a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> I said that if Garth Snow was the general, still the general manager at the first Coliseum game, I would go around with a, a board strapped to my chest and back saying to That's Snow right. must go or fire Snow, whatever it was, with a cowbell. So luckily, we're not going to have to do that either. No, that's not going to be a thing. You're lucky. Um, so good on you for not losing that bet. Darn. I, that's, a, that's a bet I want to lose. That's yeah. clearly a bet I want to lose. Uh, one Another thing on this that I think we could talk about, especially because we haven't talked about Doug Waite this, that much, it's been the focus has been on Garth Snow so far. Yeah. I really don't get why people are saying that now that Waite is out, that Tavares is going to leave. I feel like it's just people trying to spin his own <laughs> narratives in order to... Make it so that okay, Tavares is coming to Toronto or wherever their team is. Um, I they're being very calculated with what they're paying attention to, um, and because for a while, Tavares was saying, "I have complete faith in the coaching staff. I have complete faith in Garth." And now that they're gone, when you hear those sentiments, you go like, "Whoa, he's got no faith now. He's got no faith in the organization because the two guys he had faith in are gone." WTF? That's such a that's such a bad take, though. That's yeah. so lazy. So like, they're not wrong. That happened. He said that, but he's got to say that. He's not going to come out and say like, "Yeah, I want Garcia fired." He's not no, going to say of that. Of course not. So when has Tavares get- ever said anything spicy in an interview? Never, Never. ever. That's not his character. <laughs> but did you see uh, Arthur Staple in one of his athletic articles said that Tavares is reportedly fine with this? Of course. Do you think for a second Lou Lamarillo didn't pick up the phone and call Pat Brisson or John Tavares directly and say, hey, P.S., I'm firing Garth Snow and Doug Waite, just letting you know. Are you cool with that? That doesn't matter. I'm doing it anyways, but I think that'll help you out because we're going to go in a completely different direction and change the culture of the team. Right. I think he probably brought that up in their meeting when he supposedly met with Tavares without Garth Snow or Doug Waite knowing. Which right. I think is a little funny, but uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, the, the, the writing was on the wall. The second that happened, the writing was on the wall. It was. We saw where things were going, but you would think that that's all part of the pitch, right? He Lamarillo saying, "All right, I want to bring in this, bring in a new winning culture." Obviously, where the Islanders currently are at with snow and weight, 
they haven't done enough to get this team over the hump and make them a real competitor. Now that I'm here, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and make this team ready to compete on a regular basis. Do you want to buy in with me? That's got to be the pitch, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, why wouldn't it be? If you're not making that pitch, you're not doing your job right. And Lou is doing his job right. He's absolutely made that pitch. You're 100% correct. I, I don't understand the point where this is a bad thing and Tavares is like, Doug, Waite's gone. Get me the hell out of here. In what world? Did you see what he did this year? The guy couldn't adapt. The, he could not adapt a coaching strategy when the, the chips no. didn't fall in his place. Last two years ago, everything was going fine. This year, he gave up 50 shots every other night and he couldn't change it for the life of him. No, they really couldn't. Uh they maybe had like, I feel like it was like a four game stretch where they got their shots down to like 20 and then went right back up to like 50 after that. That's right. Where they they said they were trying to do it. I think it was like February 13th or February 23rd. It's a three is in my mind for some reason where he told Arthur Staple, yes, we're paying attention to this. And then the very next night, you, you can see it go down. Like you said, like the shots started going down, but then they went right back up again. Yeah, I feel like it was like a three or four game stretch where it was like it was dipping into the twenties and we're like, whoa, what is this? And then it was like forty five again. Yeah, like, but then right again, when that. when they had those like twenty shots against, they were still losing. It w- yeah. wasn't helping them win, so that's probably why he was like, well, I'm not going to do this anymore because we're not winning. Stick it out, bud. Stick it out for longer than four games. You're not winning. You weren't winning before that, anyways. It is at the end of February. It's kind of already done. Right. And the thing for me too. Wouldn't you think this would make Tavares more likely to stay instead of less likely to stay? Like, in what world is this less likely to stay? I don't understand it. I I don't. If you... uh, Sorry, I can understand it when someone hasn't watched the Islanders and has those few sound bits to look at to, like, oh, he has faith in uh, in Doug Wade. Well, Doug Wade isn't there. He's got no faith. I I get that. So I, I understand it. This is just the uneducated making a call, and it's... And it's uh, distressing us because they don't have the full picture. Well, there's 30 other markets interested in, in our star player. They're, they're, they're going to do this because they're not going to take the time to look into it further because they don't have to. Right. I think it's all people looking for there to be a storyline on July 1, kind of like with Stamkos. I think they, they see it and they realize that's a story. Oh, my God, I have to run with that. And they're, they're not entirely wrong. They're just not completely correct because there's there's more behind it there, there's more behind that than just like what you're seeing on the surface yeah i think it's i mean there's a little bit there but they're they're jumping to conclusions and it's based off a lot of assumptions too ah uh, it's i wouldn't even say it's assumptions it's just they're just not looking at the, the the picture completely right like there's no way why why would he do that the team has now fired their gm they brought in a legendary president and, and is now the gm um, like, come on, how is this a bad thing? They got rid of the guy who couldn't win. Whoa, get me the heck out of here. Like, I don't get it. This is only makes it better because they can now bring in a coach that can win. They can now, they're tailoring their pitch to John Tavares. They know that. He knows that. He's holding all the cards and he's making this franchise move mountains. It's mountains they should have moved a long time ago, but still. But I think it's working, though. Oh, absolutely. For both sides. And, and he's still going to go to that five-day free agency window and say, like, what do you got, Toronto? Or what do you got, St. Louis? Or whatever other team out there. Montreal. What are you going to give me? What do I have to put up with? Okay, Islanders, this is what they're going to give me. You going to match it? Yep. Okay, I'll stay. Because he knows yeah. if he stays eight years, he'll get eight years here. He won't get it anywhere else. And he, he can get, let's say, 11 to 12 million. And he gets 11 for 7 in Montreal. He's hitting the cap a lot harder, that's for sure. Um, but is that is that franchise going to move mountains for him at any call? No. The Islanders certainly will. Yeah. I, I raise my percentages of Tavares staying after what happened yesterday. Absolutely. Well, we were at like 70-30 last week. Mm-hmm. I'd say... 80, 20. 80, 20. That, that sounds about right. And the only reason you're saying 80 or you're, you're giving him 20 to go is because, well, he hasn't signed yet. So you have to. Yeah. Like, and because we're so close, we're, we're less than a month away from when he can literally leave this team. Yeah, that's really scary. Um, that it would be, let's see, 
We have, not including today, three more episodes before July 1st. Well, before John Tavares could potentially be on any other hockey team on this on this league or in this league. Ugh. I, I, I don't believe it's going to happen. I, I don't foresee it happening, but like if it did, oh my God. All of this would be, not for nothing, because we still have Barzal as a fantastic player. We still have a bunch of other okay players. But my God, that wouldn't be good. Right. And I know I was planning to do, I don't even know if I'll do it anymore, but I was planning on doing like a rebuild if he did leave, like what would what would happen if Tavares leaves and how would they go about a rebuild? But I don't even know if I could actually write that right now because I don't know if I necessarily believe, it. believe in it enough. You know, the one, the plan for that I had for if he stays, I believed. And then at the time where like the staying competitive, if he leaves, like at the time, I believe that one too. Yeah. But I really don't think now that Lou Lamarillo is in the fold that they're going to want to start a whole new rebuild process necessarily. Um, I think if Tavares goes, they're going to have to start a new rebuild process. But I, I just don't think, like you said, that's the reality of the situation. I don't think he leaves. I really don't. I'm more confident than ever that he stays, as everyone else is, likely. There's no reason to think he's going to leave at this point. No. There absolutely isn't. Why would he go? He's got He's got a franchise that is willing to move mountains to keep him happy. <laughs> Why would he go anywhere else? And they'll pay him. They will pay him as well as anyone else. So yeah, like we've been saying all along, they'll say Tavares, what do you want? What do you want your cap number to be? Eight years, and then you pick the number. Exactly. So what? He's going to go to Montreal because he's got a quote unquote better chance of winning with yeah. Carey Price, who could be is one injury away from not playing ever again. Probably his groin has to be in a terrible shape right now. Shea Weber, who's on the massive decline and is on the books for the next million and a half years. And then Tavares. And then he's got a cast of nobodies. Jonathan Drouin. That's it. Alex Yelchenyuk, maybe. Maybe. He doesn't even play center. You're going to win a championship you, with that? You really had to say Jonathan Drouin that pretentiously? What? I'm French. <laughs> Whenever I can roll my R's, You're just showing I'm going off. to Jonathan Drouin. Oh, just rolling those I was R's, like, who baby. the hell is that for a second? I was like, oh, he means Jonathan Drouin. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Anytime I can, I can like say anything in French. I try to get it out. All right, I respect it. If I could speak another language, I probably would do the same thing. There you go, bud. Those six years of Spanish really paid off. Um, <laughs> no hables español. That's all I know. See, si. there you go. <laughs> um, do you want to hit on anything else, really, with? This whole Garth Snow thing? No, we just spent like half an hour on it. I think we got the sentiment out. I think we got it out of our systems. I feel more calm and less jubilant. I'm still very jubilant. I'm still very happy about it, but I can I can hold my jubilation within me. Okay. Do you want to talk about the misconception that they need a winger? Yeah, please. Like, please. Another thing I don't understand. Kovalchuk is obviously being linked, uh, especially the last two weeks. And... I think the only justification for it is if you're trading Anders Lee. Yeah, I guess. And and why would you do that? Why would you do that? I because I don't think you're resigning both him and Eberly after this year. Right, but you're trying to keep John Tavares on the team. Why would you get rid of a 40 goal winger for him? Fair point. Really fair point. Like if you're willing to wait out Tavares you're you're willing to wait out Lee because you can probably trade him later. Whatever you hope that the cap situation improves, and 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 you you can maybe when you get to negotiating with him on July first, you can start negotiating with him on July first. He takes a sweetheart Josh Bailey deal. You imagine? Uh, why not? You would think though he's got to be good, wanting like a seven year, seven million dollar deal, probably right. Uh, yeah, he's going to wait. I, I'm sure he's not going to want to sign anything right away. He's going to want to see if I can put up another 40 goals again or but close to the, it. That's the thing. I don't necessarily want to get into a whole debate on Anders, Anders Lee's future, but I think that's a would be a contract that would come back to bite him after like four years. I think the last three or four years of that deal would be pretty ugly. Oh, probably. Most eight-year deals are, are, are a few years in the end aren't going to be great. I, that, that's just the way this is the way it works right unfortunately it happened kind of quickly for Boychuk slash lad 
I'd say more so Lad than Boychuk. At least Boychuk well, has some redeeming qualities, and, and he's still maybe not worth a full six, but he's worth a four to five. Andrew Ladd yeah. is worth nowhere near 5.5. 5. No, that's I, right as it came out, I said, um, not that Boychuk isn't pro- a productive D-man. I, I, I definitely think he is, and he's an important part of this team. I just don't think he's worth a six. Like, I think like between four and five, like you said. No, yeah, he's he's not worth a six anymore. Um in terms of at least what he's putting out on the ice, but I, I'm okay with paying him $6 million for now. Uh, maybe not the next two years, but, you know, whatever. Um, but, but in terms of, of of needing scoring wingers is, is the idea. Ridiculous. So you look at their top, their, top four, their top four wingers. You've got on the top line, on the left, you've got Lee and Bailey on the right. On line two, it's Beauvillier Eberle. You've got a 40-goal scorer, a 71-point player, if I'm not mistaken, Bailey last yep. year. And then you have Bo, who was on pace for 60 points in this later half of the season, the second half. And you got Eberle, who put up 59 points last year. Yeah, why are you messing with it? Why are you messing with that? Unless, unless you can get a player who's better than any of those guys. Right? And you're guessing that Kovalchuk isn't better than any of those guys. That That is my firm assumption, that he is not better than either of those. I know people say, yeah, but he's got a point-per-game player. Sure enough, you're absolutely right. He used to be a point-per-game player in the NHL. That was six years ago. Six. If you're telling me that Ilya Kovalchuk has not declined even in the slightest in six years, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. It's possible. You might be right because uh, Yarmer Yager happened, but that was one player. One. I I think they would be better suited staying put with their top six and then just putting money into a third-line winger like Tyler Bozak. And, and and maybe that's what they mean by this. They need a scoring winger for the third line. Okay, that's also sure. ridiculous. They, but I wouldn't call that a scoring winger. I'd call that a, a winger depth or depth on the wing. What is Kiefer Bellows then at that point? There it is. Right, like, why would you do that when you got a forty-one goal scorer from the WHL just sitting there going, "Hey guys, I'd like to play in the NHL next year, please." Yeah, and he's twenty years old. It's going to cost you <laughs> under a million dollars, and he looks like I. Uh, this might be a grand assumption, but he he looks like someone you could probably pencil in for twenty-five goals a season. And, and I think at this point, I just want to see him. Just bring him in. Don't make a move until you see him, unless they know more than we do. And they, they don't want to play him in the NHL this year. They just want to send him to the AHL. But I, I think they're going to give him a serious look. Because, again, if they can get a 30, like you said, a 25-goal scorer, we'll say, in the NHL on a rookie deal next year to play in the third line, you do that all day. The line that I really want, and I know it's probably not going to happen, no. is um, Bellows, Bozak, Hosang. Hosang isn't staying. Uh, I, I'm, I'm now convinced that Hosang is leaving. Really, I'm more confident that he's staying after Garth Snow and Doug Wade are gone. I, yeah, I, I see. I see why you say that. I just, I think he even wants like a clean slate. Like, just send me somewhere else. Let me. I, I, I get the whole orchestra spiel, but just, just send me somewhere else. I'm kind of done. You see, I don't know. I'm, I'm with this whole culture change thing. I really think that they could turn it around with him. I really, I think that Lou might. Give him another shot. I see it. I see it. And I, and I, Lou, if it, I, 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 Lou, I know if anyone could do it, it's probably Lou. I just, <laughs> excuse me. Um, over the years with Hosang and the way he was treated, maybe he's just looking for a fresh start somewhere else. He's looking for his own culture change. But I, I, I'm, I'm willing to just put that aside and, and jump on your bandwagon. I will jump on that bandwagon gladly and say like, yes. Let's keep him. Cause let's you, uh, let's do this. From from the heart, you would rather him stay. Probably, oh yeah, right? easily. Like there's there's no question about it. I want him to stay. I want him to be a New York Islander. I love when he plays. He's an electric player on the puck, and I love it. I want him to stay. I just I'm convinced that he's not going to. Right, and that that would be tough because then if you did what we just said, then you'd have to put Lad on the fourth line. Yeah, and then and then you keep Johnston as as an extra player, which is fine, which is fine. 
if that's yeah. the case, then my whole thing that I wrote at the beginning of the week of Tanner Fritz should make the team goes out the window. Look, the only reason I think Tanner Fritz should make the team is just to be on that, that spare fourth line player. That's it. I want him to be a scratch pad player. In and out of the roster, alternate him and Ross Johnson when you need him. That's it. That's how he should make the roster. Done. Right. I don't think he's playing anything above the fourth no. line. I don't want him on the third line. No. Unless he's... injuries happen, sure, fine. But, like, let's get rid of Prince. Don't need him. Let's get rid of well, Quine is fine as a scratch pad player as well. So, fit Fritz, Quine, and a defender on the on the scratch pad. Done. That's perfect. You're good. Yeah, and hopefully you're not playing, having to go to Fritz Quine or probably Mayfield <clears throat> as the scratch guy. Sure. Yeah, exactly. But, like, if we're having Andrew Ladd on the fourth line, I guess fine. That happens. Whatever. He He's still an okay player. His coursing numbers are good. Real good. Uh, it's just his production is terrible for someone who's making 5.5. Let me ask you this. Okay. Arizona has to reach the cap floor, right? Yeah. Do you think if you gave them Andrew Ladd and, like, a second-round pick, they would think of it? I know Ladd has the no the no move, but do you think they could convince him somehow to waive it? I think Lou can convince him to waive it. As in saying, like, son, you're not going to play here. I'm not playing you. It's not, I'm not putting you in the fourth line. If, if you're going to hold it out, I'm just going to put you on the scratch pad. I'll send you to the minors. Someone can claim you. I don't care. No one's going to touch you, though, because you got a $5.5 million cap. So it's up to you. Do you waive your no trade, or do you want to do this the hard way? I, I have faith in Lou I, being able to do like that. I feel like he has that mantella, mentality, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's a smart play. Well, why wouldn't you? You're, you're paying $5.5 million on the cap to have a guy put up maybe 20 goals in a year or 35 points. That's imagine, way too much. Imagine that in back-to-back years, losing Grabowski's cap hit and then uh, lads uh, the following year. That would be amazing. But then what do you do with it? Right? It's all great uh, if you have money. Defense and goalie, baby. If you can get them. Yeah, but then also keep in mind, you got to start extending Barzal and Beauvillier too. Probably, what, n- not next year, the year after? Um, yeah, probably Bo would be a year earlier than that. So next year for Bo, this is probably going to be his last year on his ELC. And then I'm just bringing it up now so we can look at it. Um, Barzal's got two years. Beauvillier's got one year. So yeah. Barzal's like making 863 on the cap. He's not even making the full 925 ELC. All right. But after this year, probably, well, look at it this way. If they brought up. Eamon McAdams, Eamon McAdams would make more money than Matthew Barzell right now. That's without bonuses, I'm sure Barzell has hit a ton of bonuses, but with, right. without talking about bonuses, yeah. Same thing with Yannick Rathgeb. He'd make more in the NHL than, than Matthew Barzell. Anyways, Bo is making more in the NHL than Matthew Barzell is. By like peanuts, like $31,000, but still. And again, not considering bonuses, I know Barzal's going to hit all of his bonus marks, so so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, look, yeah, now I got stuck looking at all the caps. Yeah, but. like you look at that, the projected cap space, $28.2 million. That's so much room to <laughs> so play with, though. so much money. It's so much money. And they only they, they have to sign Tavares, sure. He takes 12 of that. They still have $16 million. To play around right. with. I also I don't think you should go too crazy with it though, because keep in mind like Lee, Eberly, Barzal, Bo, Beauvillier. Like yeah. those, those are four guys. But, but look, this is still the without the cap going up five to seven million dollars, like they say it's gonna go up. True. Like and and that's not as if Seattle comes into the league and pays six hundred and fifty million dollars, that cap is going up again. And, and if there's anything we've learned from these owners, they're going to spend. So I'm fine with – look, let's deal with this year now and let's let's build contingencies. But let's leave ourselves a room to say we'll, we'll probably have more wiggle, wiggle room the more we wait. Yeah. I'm, I'm – see, I'm looking at that the cap. Yeah, it's page, distracting, eh? And I see the – 
the four picks in the first two rounds, <laughs> a lot of cap space, and I'm getting excited for the next couple of weeks. Because <laughs> oh, you man. know it's draft day is going to be wild. I can't wait. Oh, my God, I can't wait. My schedule I will not, is clear. I will, good, because I will not be here on that Friday. I will be busting out to Casey Musgraves and Harry Styles at Madison Square Garden, so I'll be refreshing Twitter, dancing to my favorite songs. God, it's gonna you're be a great night. Such a millennial. Oh my god. Why? Who is this? Who did you just say you're going to see? Harry Styles? Well, I'm more going my sister likes Harry Styles. I like Casey Musgraves. You know I'm a country guy. Um Isn't Harry Styles the guy from what's that boy band? One Direction? Yeah, them. Yeah, but you're, you're I, bragging I mean, about going to essentially a One Direction concert. I'm the more there for Casey Musgraves, if we're being honest. I'm a JB guy myself. I like Bieber, but I'm not huge on Harry Styles. Whoa. Oh, my God. As a Canadian, you just insulted me greatly. Anything from like 2015 on, bangers, he just put out banger after banger. Oh, my God. See, you're not in radio like me. I hear these songs a million times. They start being catchy after I a while. I used to work for HMV. I, I, was, I was a buyer for HMV for years. I, I, I know music, and I know Justin Bieber isn't that great. I know you this like for some, a fact. You you like hard rock though, right? I like everything. Everything. Okay. Hip hop. Anyways, we won't get into it. I like everything. <laughs> yes, I like hard rock. Yes, I like metal. I like all kinds of heavy metal and dark metal. I love that stuff, but I I, I love me some pop music as well. And JB is not my boy. I want to make that very clear. What about Celine Dion? What? Are you like, come on, man. Seriously? No. Is that a yes? No. I know she's a national treasure in Canada. She's not my national treasure. Come on now. I just want her to sing to me every night. That's it. Why? So I guess fine. She's got a nice voice. I'll give you that much. That song with R. Kelly, Your Angel. Oh, you're going to bring every time R. That, Kelly? Come on, buddy. Well, anytime that song comes on at work, I just I crank it. Eesh. Eesh. <laughs> uh, anything with R. Kelly, I don't. I don't. I'm not. No, thanks. I'm good. Thank I don't, you. I, doesn't matter. I can't blame you. Doesn't matter. Song bangs. <laughs> Song. Well, you don't want to stay away from those words. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um. Anyway, Moving so on. yeah. The main point here of the what was supposed to be the main point of the segment is the Islanders don't necessarily need a scoring winger. They what they need is defense and goalie. That's and right. Tavares. Like, Focus on those three. If first, they please. need those, if they can get a winger who's better than what they have, and I've said this all along, if you can get a player who's better than what you already have, you make that trade every day. But it's going to be hard to find a guy who's better than who they already have while addressing the things they absolutely need to address, like you just said, with the defense and the goaltending. Yeah. That is imperative. If you can do those two things and find a player who's better than the players you already have, yeah, of course, do that all day. But Kovalchuk is not that answer. I'm convinced he's not. And and it's up to you, listener, if you really believe that, to convince me otherwise. But if you're just going to tell me he used to be a point-per-game player, okay, I'll throw it back in your face that that was six years ago, and players typically fall off a cliff. And if you're just going to throw Yager back at me, I'm going to go, yeah, okay, that's one player, but there's a litany of other players. There's a huge list of other players who don't follow that curve. So facts are on my side. Sorry. And I think that's a completely fair argument. I really do. Yeah. All right. You want to get into five players who could be potentially traded by the end of the month? Yes, absolutely. All right. So I came up with a list because June is expected to be a busy month. Like we just mentioned, the Islanders have four picks in the first two rounds. This is around the time last year they traded for Jordan Eberle. So stuff is going to start to happen and it's going to start to happen pretty quickly. Yeah. So I'm going to, how do you want to do this? Should I list off all five and then go back and say why or one at a time? Uh, let's just list them off. Let's just quick fire one, two, three, four, five. Okay, so I have Sebastian Ajo, Michael Del Cole, Josh Hosang, Brock Nelson, and the last one's kind of a cop out. It's the draft picks as the fifth. Yeah, that's not really a cop out because yeah, it's not a player. But okay, out of those five, out of those five uh, assets, one of the most valuable asset. Which one is the, the most valuable one? Of course, you have to add those because they're so valuable. You're talking about right. two top half first round picks and what was at least argued by some I, I don't know because I, I, I don't know prospects that well um, as, as a deep draft 
So if if you if you can pick up a quality player at eleven twelve, that that's a huge that's a huge asset to give up. Right, and even those second rounders, they're at the top of the second round too. And you could probably right. find I'm not saying you're gonna find necessarily find like a perennial all star in the second round, but you might find a capable NHL player there. If you believe in your scouting, you're gonna do it. So th- there's value in those four picks. And and then you the set that that's your that's your starting point for any negotiation in any trade is the picks. For sure. Right. Easily. Um then then comes Brock Nelson, because you've got a roster player. Uh, you got a guy who can get you forty-five points in a year. I, I think that him and, and, and two picks or one pick, and you got yourself the start, if not the end, of a pretty good trade. You can pull something pretty good with that. You could get something decent with that, I would think. Yeah, and then you got the other guys to kind of add some flair. Like you said, Hosang, his value to other franchises are, aren't very high, or isn't very high because, well, they didn't want to draft him for a reason. Um, maybe got better with his his play in the NHL. I just I think people are still gonna be people GMs are still gonna be wary of his attitude. What do you think? I think he has potential. You know, I'm a little biased towards him, but he, he was on pace both times to put up like 40 points a season. So right, I but think- take yourself out of your Matt O'Leary hat and put yourself in an NHL GM hat with the whole picture, the whole baggage of Joshua saying, "Are you more willing to take him now?" Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. Because I saw what he did at the NHL level, and I think he could hang. Fair enough. So his his trade value, I would put him as, as third on, on, on that list that you have. Okay, so you agree with me so far that it's pricks one. Well, no Nelson pricks. Two. Don't trade any pricks, but picks for sure. Sorry, I meant p- picks one, <laughs> Brock two, yeah. Hosang three. Yeah. Okay. Four, I have Del Cole. I don't. Definitely not. You don't think he's leaving? Oh, oh, if yes. Sorry, I I was just trying to structure them in terms of valuation. I thought that's what the the, the exercise we were still doing, and I would have Sebastian Ajo being more valuable than Dal Cole, and maybe more valuable than Jose. Okay, I I might have worded this wrong. The title of it is the most likely pieces to go by the end of the month. Yeah, and I, so I agree those are all most likely. But in, in, in those five, if I value who within those five is most valuable, it goes Picks, Brock, Hosang, and maybe tied Hosang, Aho, Delco last. That's fair. My reasoning behind it was... One, I think the the picks is the obvious to go one. Oh, yeah. Two, I think... If you're going to throw in a roster player, which usually you have to do when you're acquiring like a big-time player, Brock makes the most sense as a movable piece. Yes, he's been extremely frustrating for us to watch, but on the same token, uh, NHL GM will see that he has the potential to put up over 20 goals a season and over 40 points. Yeah. Someone will want that on their team. Mm-hmm. Hosang, I think, has shown flashes. That's why I, I put him third. Um, For me, I... Don't see Dal Cole having any position here. That's why I think he goes. Absolutely. Bellos, if he hasn't already passed Dal Cole in the organizational depth chart, there's a problem. Oh, he definitely has. It's not even an argument. Well, I I don't, I think he has, but I'm clearly not making the decisions. And it's probably a good thing because I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I, I could plainly see that Bellos has more promise than Dal Cole. He does. And like you said, there's no way, if it comes down to it, even without training camp, and there's a position on, on the wing in uh, on on the third line, you take Bellows over, over Del Cole all day. All day. No questions yeah, about I, it. I definitely think, especially because when Bellows was here last summer, I felt like he showed a lot more flashes than Del Cole did. Like during the blue and white scrimmage and stuff like that, I just felt like his name kept coming up and he was in and around the play, making a name for himself a little bit more yeah. than Michael Del Cole, who was a little invisible to me. Which I feel bad because maybe it's just been coached out of Del Cole. He's been here so long trying to like play the defensive game and skate straight lines that he's just not that creative, offensive, dynamic force anymore that he was in junior. And he's playing the game that Thompson and the Islanders have instilled and ingrained in and brainwashed him to do. That he's just like, well, I play, shoot, make sure to play safe. Oh, and you play so safe that you don't do anything. Maybe. 
or that's he's what just it not seemed great. like. That's what it seemed like the three or four games he was here. He only registered one shot. It just looked like he didn't want to make any mistakes out that's there. That's right. Exactly. So uh, that's why I think he probably needs a, a culture change outside of just like the Islanders flipping over to Lou Lamarillo. He probably just needs a fresh start somewhere else. That's why I think he's likely to go. I think so too. And and, and the only reason we have Ajo is because you have so many defensive prospects already on this team. Uh, and, and he's made the NHL in year one, which is fantastic, and a fifth-round pick. Um, someone's going to want that. And if they want a defensive prospect, that's probably the guy that you sell on. Yeah, I would rather keep Taze, but I would move him in the right deal. Yeah, You know, I'm not against trading him, but I'd rather keep Taze as opposed to Ajo. Same. Absolutely. But I, Like, if they decide to move on from Taze and keep Ajo, I'm okay with it, but I would rather Taze, I think. Oh, I, I don't think that's even a question. Would you rather Ajo or Taze? Everyone in the world is going to say Taze, except for Sebastian Ajo. <laughs> the Islanders, Sebastian Ajo. The Islanders, Sebastian Ajo. Not... The other Sebastian Even the Ajo other who's... Sebastian Ajo would be like, you take um, you take Taze. I was going to give an accent, but then I forgot what kind of accent I should give him. And then I realized I'm not really good at accents, and I should just not do it. Smart choice, probably. That was a smart choice. <laughs> Definitely a smart choice. Um, do you want to hit on social stuff quick before we get out of here? Sure. I didn't have anything. I just wanted to concentrate on the Lou being here and doing the most fantastic job like in two weeks ever. Like, he's earned all of his money for this year in two weeks, easily. Oh, he absolutely did. Um, I had the reaction to Garth Snow getting let go, but we kind of already did that in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, Then I wanted to mention that Offside Tavern is having a party on Friday. Beauty. And then lastly, just because this has been a little bit of a Twitter conversation, and I'm not saying that there's no way that people could have like the same opinions or anything like that, but I'm just going to put it out here. I think it's a little funny that people are thinking that trading Anders Lee is a new idea. Because I wrote about that in March. Just gonna pat yourself on the back there, huh? And I was maybe three months ahead of the curve, and people hated you for that. Oh my god, I remember the comments. The people did, and you know what? I think some people are praising the the people who are talking about it now on Twitter. And again, I'm not I'm not hating on them for talking about it. I think it's potentially a smart play. Uh, depending on what you get back, of course, you can trade him away for nothing. But sure, um, just wanted to throw that out there. That's it, because <laughs> there's a social segment that I saw it on social media today. So that's all. There you go. Um, yeah. So I, 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 again, I took nothing. I added a few pieces about my social media and 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 the, the comments that I, I've received on social media for the things that I've written. I've heard you. Don't worry about it. I, I'll step it up, everyone. Don't worry. Um, your boys heard you. Uh, but that's all I got. I really, I really wanted to get that that Garth uh, being gone out of me because it it felt so. I couldn't tell anyone. I couldn't tell anyone. Even the people at work that follow hockey are like, "Oh, the Islanders made a made a move. How does it feel? Oh, it feels great. Okay, cool. Thanks." Uh, I, I couldn't. I couldn't get it out. There was no release. So this feels good. Yeah, this is like our mini therapy session in a way we could get we could vent get all of our problems out talk about our feelings yes i feel fantastic i feel good my throat doesn't feel great but i feel fantastic otherwise screw you throat (laughs) all right before we get out of here let's plug some stuff so as always be sure to follow along with our stuff on twitter at eyes on aisles fs my personal twitter account is at matt o'leary and why Mitch's is at T-L-O Mitch. Where you'll get routine daily updates on how many rats I catch in my backyard. That has been extremely entertaining, actually. You caught two so far? Two so far. I've only put the trap out twice because I don't want to have to keep going to the park to ditch them. But, yeah. No, I, are they scary, the rats? No, they're rats. Why are rats scary? Uh, have you seen New York City rats? <laughs> no, that's to be fair. I have not seen New York City. I live in Ottawa, right? I, I don't, you know, it doesn't get too bad around here. They could be confused for small dogs. Yeah, no, these are these are just like fancy rats. Their their bodies just a little bit longer than my phone without the tail. Okay, yeah, that's not that. Bad. That's not that bad. Um, anyway, be sure to like the Facebook page as well. Uh, Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. And as always, head to that website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs. Uh, last thing. Also, if you're listening on 
the iTunes or the podcast app, please subscribe to the show and like and leave a comment, all that stuff. Because that rate, helps review, really listen, hard. rate, and review. Thank you. In that order. There you go. Listen, rate, review, and then tell your friends. Yes. Mitch, another episode in the books. Probably my favorite, if we're being honest. Yeah, this is going to be up there on the Pantheon of Episodes. The Garsnow is beeping gone episode. And that and the live show. Mm. That's that's up there for me. We'll have to do another one this year. I can't wait. Oh, yes. Mitch, it was great talking to you, buddy. Oh, God, I'm going to fall asleep so pleasantly tonight. You've been listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast. We'll talk to you next week. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade or at least grab an extra latte after getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com goals24. That's Chime.com goals24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.